When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today, we are covering the seminal Christmas classic, Batman Returns. Da-da-da! Merry Christmas. To all. Even women. (laughs) That's how I'm ending the episode, so that's our little bookend. Oh, love that. (laughs) This movie was released June 19th, 1992. What better way to release a Christmas movie than in the middle of June? I think Gremlins was June also, right? It was, yeah. How weird. Maybe it's gearing up for Christmas in July. It's kind of like the Christmas creep where people decorate before Thanksgiving. It's like Christmas in July. It starts in June. Yeah, it's the movie theater's version of the John Benet Ramsey advent calendar, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it was a Friday, June 19th, 1992. And I'll Be There by Mariah Carey was the number one song on the radio. Which, can I interrupt really quick? Uh-huh. Can I interrupt my own self really quick by continuing to talk? Sure you can. This is our podcast. Quinn is in the room, though, so he might interrupt to, like, tell us when we should be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> giving background information uh-huh. or synopsis, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought about going to the Mariah Carey Christmas concert at Madison Square Garden this weekend, but then I talked myself out of it. Tickets were 67 which isn't bad, but I already saw a Mariah Carey Christmas concert five years ago, okay. and I felt like once you've seen it, once you've seen it all. But this weekend at Madison Square Garden, she brought out Jennifer Hudson and Ariana Grande oh. to sing a trio, and I will never forgive myself. I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no. One is my arch nemesis. If you don't know that, cuties, I'll tell you one day. And then the other one is Ariana Grande, and I love her. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been great to have the angel and devil on my shoulder at a little Christmas concert. Anyway, the movie was number one at the box office, with Sister Act as number two. And for the sporty kitties, Evander Holyfield beat Larry Holmes for the heavyweight boxing title. Oh, wow. put her there. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. I should be a boxer because I look good doing it. Maybe when we have our first live show, it could just be a cage match, me versus you. Oh, that's good. Fight to the death. I like that. Now, here's something I always thought about myself. Uh If I got in a fight at school or even if someone like pushed me on the street right now, I think I would 100% lose in a fist fight. Mm -hmm. But if I knew I was able to kill someone, I would win. Um, Okay. If I was pushed in the street and knew I could fight to my death, two things are going to happen. Uh-huh. Number one, thumbs are going in their eyeballs. Then when they're like, ow, then I'm going to punch in a car window and take some glass and slit their throat. <laughs> wow. I do think that like Reba and Destiny's Child, you are a survivor. And Thank so you. I see that for you. And I think I that if you were put in a position where you did have to fight for your own life, you would be able to take another I don't know if I could kill someone, but I have been in many a fight in my day, and I am pretty scrappy. So we're the opposite. 
as always. always. Yeah, so I could get us started. <laughs> I could be the warm-up act. And then okay. you come in and just, you know, murder. Perfect. Good old-fashioned murder. So for this movie, Chelsea, what is your background with Batman? This is the crazy thing. Mm. When we were talking after we stopped recording last episode, I was really honestly surprised that Quinn didn't just turn off his computer, leave your house, and we wouldn't have heard from him <laughs> again. Returned. But yeah. we started talking about the fact that we were going to be watching this movie this week. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I've seen the one with the penguin and the ice guy and the Riddler and the Joker <laughs> and Two-Face. And then I was like, oh, shit, have I seen like every Batman from the 90s? And I think that the answer is I had a brother in the 90s. And so, yes, I have. I've seen every single Batman from the early 90s. Wow. Now, did your Batman experience end there? Like, did you see the darker ones with Heath Ledger and stuff? I did. Oh, wow. I know. And I think that that was just because I think I was in college. So it was like we all went together. It's kind Mm. of like I've begrudgingly watched every single Batman movie and not even begrudgingly because I do enjoy them. I like the campier 90s one better because I think that you and I are aligned on I don't particularly need the action scenes, which I know Mm. in superhero movies is kind of like, you know, part of it. But I like the 90s. It's more quirky and zany. And even the action scenes feel campy. Whereas in the new ones, it's like, I know that I can take my movie theater bathroom break and I'm going to come back and there's still going to be like grunting and slapping and punching. And explosions and a 20 minute car chase. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Whereas this, even though we had a long like car thing with the Batmobile being hijacked, it felt like other things were happening Uh because we had the penguin on that little TV. Whereas I feel like now we would just have 10 minutes of a car chase. If today's episode makes you laugh or scream, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because a five-star review is the easiest way and a free way to help us grow our audience and this community. So thank Thank you. you. A little background information for this movie. It was directed by Tim Burton, which, Mm. cuties, if you don't know who Tim Burton is, you've been living under rocks, but let me lift him up for you and let you know. He directed the 1989 Batman that was before this, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Frankenweenie, and the live-action Dumbo. Mm. It was written by Daniel Waters, who wrote Heathers, and then also the Vampire Academy movie, not the TV show. The budget, it cost $80 million to make, and it made $267 million worldwide. Meow. <laughs> Truly. Not only did it make money, it was nominated for an Oscar for Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup, which I'll give it to him. I'm not on the Oscar voting board, but both of those things are great. Especially whoever was responsible for Christopher mm. Walken's eyeliner, I mean, deserved every award Art. handed to that person. Uh-huh. <laughs> However, Chelsea, not everybody liked it. Uh-oh. Because Roger Ebert gave it two out of four stars and said, perhaps I would have enjoyed Batman more if the movie had been about someone else. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, he's going to win me over. <laughs> week by week, he uh-huh. makes me laugh. <laughs> And in context, like, I do understand what he was saying, but I took it out of context because it's funnier without it. It's so funny without it. Yeah, I imagine him (laughs) scribbling with a quill pen and, like, slamming his diary (laughs) shut after that review. For sure. And I do think plot-wise, this is the weakest of the early 90s Batman. Really? Mm -hmm. I think this plot is great. Good. I think it's interwoven wonderfully. I think that the background stories for each of the villains are 
deep, which I'll get to. This might be the deepest I ever get in Uh-oh. a cute one episode. Wow. Yeah, I really did inner work wow. with this movie. Can't wait to see the pearl that emerges from your <laughs> clam. Oh, God. That sounds like, never mind. If you came to our live show, you know what that sounds like. <laughs> so now I have three taglines. And Chelsea, they're possibly the three worst ones oh, I've good. ever had. It's like looking around at SantaCon at 2 a.m. The pickings <laughs> yeah. are slim. Or even 2 p.m. They're <laughs> yeah. slim from the beginning. So the first one is the bat, the cat, the penguin. Did Dr. Seuss call in and ghostwrite that one? The bat, the cat, the penguin. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fuck that one because those I feel like could all be sexual positions. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Start with the bat, go into the cat, and you end with the penguin. What do you think the penguin's sex position is? Um, I think it's... When a person spreads their arms and their legs like a penguin. It definitely includes a little arm motion. Yeah. And then maybe when you come, you just... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and maybe some light fingering. Oh, for sure. Uh With it spread, like, what's Uh that space thing? Spock? Yeah, I can only do it with my right hand. Oh, I trained for years. Uh. This is the riveting video footage (laughs) that patreon.com slash I am the cute one cuties are getting. I practiced for so long Mm. to be able to do this. It was like a sign of status in the fourth and fifth grade. Like, if you couldn't do it... mm. Was it even worth talking to you? No, and that's why I can only do it on one hand because <laughs> some people talk to me and a lot of people didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the second tagline is, while she craves a romance she can sink her claws into, he plots a foul, get it, reign of destruction. Okay, I'm killing that one. Nothing could be worse than that. Oh, really. get ready. So you're marrying this one. Sucks to suck. <laughs> From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. From the rooftops of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. And the only one who can save this city is a creature of the night. <laughs> like, imagine seeing that on a billboard. I would get into a car accident trying to read it. You're that. rubbernecking by the end trying to get to that last <laughs> line. You know what? I feel fine marrying that one, to be honest, because... Of perfect. And a new villain emerges every morning. Me. <laughs> yeah. I have two bits of trivia for this one. Michelle Pfeiffer said in a 2007 interview that she never wants to see this costume again for as long as she lives because she would put it on and then they would vacuum seal it. So she only had limited time to do the scene before she'd pass out. That is horrifying. I know. I get claustrophobic if I'm wearing jeans that are too tight. I cannot imagine a latex suit that I'm vacuum sealed in. Me neither. Now, when we are rich and we do a Halloween live show, Mm -hmm. I do want to wear this exact costume. I watched this movie with Dr. Bald, and the first thing he said when Catwoman came on screen was, has Donnie ever been Catwoman for Halloween? Tell Dr. Bald no. I always wanted to. But much like my shaved head, much like beanies, like I do set things for myself where like I need to blank first. So no one in the world is telling me I need to lose weight to be Catwoman. But in my head, the vision I see, Hmm. I look just like Michelle Pfeiffer. So I don't want to be fat woman. I want to be Catwoman. Well, I will do a virtual blood oath with you now. Uh When we're rich, ask, believe, receive, and so it is. And we do a live show and you dress up like Catwoman. I will dress up like the Penguin. (gasps) And I will commit as the Penguin. Like bald cap on. With those claw claw hands. hands, Prosthetic nose. 
black blood coming out of my mouth. Like we Perfect. will go all out because we'll be rich. So we'll be able to like call up Heidi Klum's uh-huh. costume people and be like, make it happen. Well, in my head, I'm renting the actual. That's why I need to lose weight too. Because in my head, I'm renting the actual one Michelle for war. And I don't think we're the same size. Maybe not yet. <laughs> well, then it will be the shortest show we've oh, ever yeah, done I'll because pass out. you're going to be <gasps> vacuum sealed in. No, let's, even better, let's let it go as long as it goes and it will end naturally when I pass out. Just you hit the floor <laughs> and I'm like, talk to you later. Love you like a sister. I love that. And then cuties have to pay extra if they want to take a picture with my corpse. <laughs> Speaking of this custom, there were 60 different versions of it throughout so that like if it got dirty, whatever, uh-huh. and each one cost $1,000. So $60,000 just for Michelle Pfeiffer's costume. Honestly, worth every penny. Now, Chelsea, the woman in you is not gonna not gonna like the next part because it is patriarchy at its darndest. Meryl <laughs> Streep auditioned to be Catwoman, but they told her she was too old. Then Brooke Shields was considered for the role, and after she said yes, Tim Burton said no because he didn't consider her a big enough star anymore. Ooh. Then Demi Moore, Madonna, and Cher also wanted the role, but they didn't get it. The part did go to Annette Benning, but she got pregnant and had to drop out. Uh, now I want to know, Chelsea, which character, if any, do you identify as? I think that in my true Gemini form, I am two people and I am both villains. I am half Catwoman (laughs) and I am half the Penguin, depending on the day. Mm. I love revenge. I love to plot. I love to scheme. And I will pull the woman card when I need to before I kick you in the balls. (laughs) I am, I think, Selena Kyle, but not Catwoman. Okay. And I think I'm both Selena Kyles before she gets bit up by cats and after. Because before, I don't return phone calls. I just listen to voice messages and ignore them. And I'm a great worker. You know how she goes like after hours and stuff? Yeah, and you're deeply unwell. Yeah, that is after she's bit up by cats as well, the unwell part of it. <laughs> so now cuties it is time for a one minute synopsis so if you are a member of our patreon we've been asking you to send us a voicemail of a one minute synopsis and you can be featured in an upcoming episode this week's cutie of choice is the one and only kendrick tucker who is the host of reality and comics 2 take it away Oh boy, okay, look, okay, now boom, so check it. It ain't Batman with the nipples, okay? It ain't nipply Batman. This is just regular ass Michael Keaton Batman. This is Batman from the Flash movie. But you know, we, we don't talk about that because that shit was awful. Ezra Miller, but we're not gonna talk about that bitch right now, okay? Batman Returns. A child get dropped off, abandoned, they didn't want him no more, and he raised by penguins. Baby, this is the least crazy thing you'll hear all episode. The penguin caused all kind of mayhem. Catwoman in it. And her and Batman hate each other at first, then they start dating. Later on, they find out who is who. And so, after that, they got to try to kill a couple people because, you know, people doing all kind of stuff. Like, I remember one time Batman jumped in his car. They took control of the car. Like, he was driving all over. But Penguin, he was running for mayor. And then Batman, when he gave, like, an evil speech in the car, Batman recorded it. He played it at the function, okay? He played it at the function. And so now the people are like, oh, shit, you all types of terrible. We can't trust you to be mayor. That ain't what it is, okay, bet. So then he sent all his little penguins out 
to kill the people. Yes, he had little penguins about to kill the people, but Alfred, he was like, nah, bitch, I got mind control stuff of my own, and now y'all gonna go to the zoo. Baby, the zoo was towed the hell up. The penguins went, they towed the damn zoo up. Apparently, they didn't care about animals back in the 90s, okay? Selena Kyle electrocuted that man, and that's Batman Returns. Thank you, Kendrick. So now, it is time to cover the movie. It's Christmas time in Gotham City, and the streets are full of the usual. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, busy shoppers, and clowns and skeletons terrorizing the city, interrupting Gotham's very own Trump, Max Shrek, an ogre of a man with a last name to match, in the middle of a speech. This speech. He doesn't have his card, so he has to improvise on the spot. Mm-hmm. I half expected him to start doing hack. Sack. Don't let it drop. Part because he just said a bunch of words and part because he's yeah. Christopher Walken. So he will only ever deliver lines like he's participating in slam poetry. Mm-hmm. But it really took me back to my poet days. Did you know that I used to write some poetry from time to time? No, but now that you said it, you seem like the type. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, like way, way younger, like elementary school age, I wrote poems mm. all the time. And that continued. They got a little bit more angsty, a little bit more flowery, et cetera, in the middle school, high school years. But I do have one of my poems from, I believe, the fifth grade memorized. Would you like to hear it? Always. Oh, another thing that you should know about my poems was I weaponized them to share my thoughts and feelings to my family. So I would often write them and then slide them under my parents' door to let them know how I was feeling about certain events. Mm. So this little ditty was written after I got grounded. Stuck inside on a beautiful day, all because my brother's insane. Sure, I kicked him in pretty hard too, but of course he ran to mom with a boo-hoo-hoo. So now here I sit, him in his room next to mine. I guess I'm stuck doing my time. But this time there's no jury, no judge, just a sentence that will not budge. The verdict? Guilty. First degree. I guess I'm stuck in my room for an eternity. That was in elementary school? Mm -hmm. That's really good. You You used words I barely know now. (laughs) However, I can't just give you a compliment without Uh tearing you apart. Why did the rhyming not start until the middle? Like the first line, day and insane does not rhyme. I think you're not saying it with a Maryland accent. Well, I thought you were going to say your brother's gay. I thought we were going to get a twist. That's a rhyme. Well, you know, it was the early aughts, so it could have been used. (laughs) All because my brother's gay. In terms of poetry, I have something to say really Uh quick. Put this in the main feed, Chelsea. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Cancel me if you have to. when you start a story (laughs) like that. My butthole is just a little tiny prune right now. Well, now here's the thing. I think two fandoms are going to come for me. And if you have to, you have to. But here's the thing. <sighs> Pink Friday 2 recently came oh, out. Oh, Donnie. By one Nicki Minaj. Donnie. No, I'm going to bring the second fandom into it as well. Taylor Swift's albums when she's in the woods with black and white Do covers. you want this to be your last Christmas? Okay, both fandoms. I would like my silence from here on out to be noted Come for him, not for me. Love you like a sister. Mean it. Proceed with your death wish, Donnie. I would love to. Here's the thing. I love both artists. I've seen them both multiple times in concert. I would love if they recorded a song together. (laughs) I don't know what that would sound like, but I would love to listen to it. However, Pink Friday 2 and those Woods albums are musically 
not for me. And I have told people this, who are like number one Swifty, number one Barb. I've said, musically, doesn't do anything for me. And they said, yeah, but Donnie, it's about the lyrics. It's about the lyrics. Well, then baby girl should have just wrote poetry. Because (laughs) if you don't care what the music sounds like, then you shouldn't be releasing an album. Also keeping in mind that Donnie's music taste is Ashley Tisdale's Last Christmas. Love it. It's (laughs) so good. But here's the thing. Ashley Tisdale... Singing Last Christmas was performed at Rockefeller Center Lighting of the Tree. Was this Woods album by Taylor Swift? No. Was Pink Friday too? No. So I guess the people have spoken of what musically is better. I guess so. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Like all rich white men, Max decides he's his own top priority, and he runs away to save himself and finds himself in the sewer face to face with the penguin. And this is where I'm going to be deep. Before you get deep, I want to stop right there because we met after I had kids, but I just want it to be known that when I was pregnant, I had the penguin's exact body type. No, Chelsea, you did I'll show you pictures, Donnie. We need to normalize not going up to pregnant women and saying, any day now, you look like you're ready to pop. Because women would come up to me and I would have to look at them and say, bitch, I am four months pregnant. Oh, I'm short and I have the shortest torso. So truly, the only place I had to grow was just straight out. Well, as long as he didn't have his butt, (laughs) then I have things to say. (laughs) I couldn't see back there, so I can't confirm. Please send me a photo immediately. (laughs) Now that I body shamed you, I am going to get deep to make up for it. Okay. Do you think the penguin's personality type is nature or nurture? Because this couple did have an ugly baby with hoof hands, but then they locked him in a cage and threw him in a sewer. And that certainly couldn't have helped things mentally. I think that that's part of the point of his backstory is it is really tragic and like he did want to be loved and he did want to be treated like a person and his parents did lock him in a crate shove him over a cliff and say like see you never (laughs) motherfucker i don't know if he was ever going to be like the best guy yeah but certainly living in a sewer doesn't help no he was raised by penguins in the sewer also i know i just compared max shrek to trump but i think the penguin is closer to him because of the constant sexual harassment they're built the same like you apparently as well he waddles he squawks when he speaks and is in politics for the wrong reasons wow this movie was really a warning ahead of its time it's like the simpsons (laughs) because the penguin literally sifts through shit for a living he knows max's secrets he knows his bad business dealings and he knows his casual murders you flush it i flaunt it donnie What? You flush it, you flaunt it. What? That okay, was. Wait, if you're making fun of me, I must say that is my warm up act uh-huh. because my real impression work obviously comes from Catwoman. Okay, a little aperitif. <laughs> He blackmails Max into introducing him back into the world above so he can find his parents, among other things. I did like the fact that he's like, hey, if you're going to make me live in the sewer system, I'm going to notice the people that you flush down there. (laughs) And I'm going to pay attention to those clogged pipes. I never had an ex-business partner's hand (laughs) given to me, at least not yet. Once the Barbs and the Swifties hear this episode, you will. Absolutely, I will. (laughs) 
But I did get into a real pickle one time because of clogged pipes. Would you like me to regale you with a tale? Please. This is a bit of an M. Night Shyamalan twist because it does not have to do with giant turds. (laughs) But when I was in grad school, I lived in a one room loft. I think my house literally used to be a garage because it was attached to a larger house. So I had my Mm. own entrance and there was a backyard, but that belonged to the other house where there were all of these Mm -hmm. college boys that lived there. We obviously shared electricity pipes, etc. And one morning before my classes, I was taking a shower and I looked down Mm. and I saw some brown liquid coming up from the grate. So luckily Mm. I saw that right away. I hopped out and before I knew it, my entire bathtub had filled with shit. So then I go and knock at the college boys next door Mm. and I think I have it bad because I have a bathtub full of shit. Mm -hmm. They opened the door and they were flooded. Their whole house... (gasps) ankle deep in shit. Some of the boys had buckets. Some of the boys had brooms. All hands on deck mayhem. So I started worrying. I'm like, is it something that I was doing? Like, I can't afford to get like pipes cleaned. But luckily, when the plumber came out to fix it, it was not anything I was doing wrong. Our entire piping system was backed up because those college boys, while I'm glad they were being safe, they were flushing (gasps) their condoms down the pipes. So there were just Ow. water balloons all around our pipes. Ew. So gross. Meanwhile, back to the movie and back at the tree lighting, the all-familiar bat signal lights up the sky and Batman drops in to save the day and Selina Kyle, a meek, recently single, frizzy and frazzled cat lady. <laughs> but she's not safe for long because when she returns back to work after hours and learns some shady Max secrets of her own, he discovers her and pushes her out the window, allowing cats to chew her ass up. <laughs> and suddenly, our cat lady is a cat woman. I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel... So much yummier. Now that was good, right? That was good. <laughs> Meow. Well, I've been saying it every day of my life since 1992. <laughs> I would hope so. Chelsea, you had a lot to say about Halle Berry and how she became Catwoman in that movie. How does this reasoning, cats chewing up your fingertips, measure up? It still makes no fucking sense, <laughs> but I do appreciate the way that Michelle Pfeiffer transitions her journey to Catwoman, uh-huh. where she's kind of a zombie for a little bit, and yeah. then she like truly does come back to life. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. In terms of the actual, what the cats do to the woman, I think Halle Berry's is better. But in terms of like getting adjusted and then living as Catwoman, woman i am a michelle five yeah i think that in halle berry's version it still doesn't make sense but at least we saw they like, gave her mouth to mouth yeah at least that we saw sense. the cats breathing on her yeah whereas this one it's like are they just eating you <laughs> yeah i don't know what that does she has a bit of a glow up there was a bit of a glow up that happened in my house this past week hmm was there? There sure was. So my <laughs> oldest daughter decided that she was going to give herself a little haircut. Oh, no. A Halle Berry pixie cut? No, thank goodness. But okay. she was drawing, as she likes to do, and her hair was in her face. And so rather than, you know, just take her hand and move the hair, she just <gasps> decided, I should just get rid of this. And she ended up with a mullet. I guess would be like a nice way of describing the haircut that she gave herself. So I said, okay, this weekend we're going to go 
to a professional. We're gonna go get your haircut. We go there, she plops down in that chair. She's so excited and she confidently says, one bowl cut, please. <gasps> Donnie. Is that what she has? I don't know where she learned the word bowl cut. <laughs> I don't know how she knows what a bowl cut is is but i really thought that my core value as a mother of letting my daughters it's their body their choice letting them do what they're going to do i really thought that it was going to be tested that day because i can <laughs> deal with bad tattoos game recognized game but a bowl cut Mm -mm. So I was silent. And then the hairdresser, thank God, shout out Miss Teresa and angels sent from the heavens above. Miss Teresa gently guided her eager client and she ended up, it's <laughs> fucking adorable, the haircut she ended up with. I was nervous because the last time I took her for a haircut, she did end up looking like Lord Farquaad. Mm. But we were just mere snips away from a bowl cut. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Back to the movie. 
this apartment, the apartment that's behind Donnie yeah. for those Patreon cuties, <laughs> patreon.com slash I am the cute one, they did a great job of capturing a sad, sad apartment <laughs> because a light up sign is the sign of a sad, unfulfilled woman. You say that. I want one so bad. What would you have it say? That I don't know. But I would like anything, even like not five o'clock somewhere, but like shut up and drive. I don't know. A perfect anything. sign for like the middle of your kitchen. Shut up and drive. <laughs> anything. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Dash Katy Perry. Yeah, that would be cute. Right above the trash can. But I really would want a hell here one. However, Uh I have a former friend who has that in his bedroom and he is a real piece of shit. So now when I think about that sign, I think about him and not the movie. Mm. So I can never get it. He ruined it. It's like when you name a baby and can only think of people you hate. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a real problem. Let me backtrack a little bit. I do think there's a time and a place for a neon sign. I feel as though I am scarred a bit by Doogie Richards on Real Uh Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't think having the same lighting as an interrogation room walking into your foyer, I don't think that that is the vibe. (laughs) But I think that it's cute when podcasters have one behind them or I like Uh above a bar. I think that maybe we can change your association with the hell here because I think that that would be a really fun sign for our first live show. Oh, okay. Yes, let's do that. And then I can take it home with me and make it a decoration and it'll be a memory of the live show yes. and not of this person. I love so, that. So the penguin's Operation Parent Trap is in full effect with the help of Max Shrek. A penguin is a bird that cannot fly, but Danny DeVito is a man who has a name, Oswald Cobblepot. He forgives his dead parents for abandoning him, and while the city is eating it up, Bruce Wayne, Batman if you're nasty, <laughs> doesn't buy it for a second. And while the city is wet for Oswald, Max decides to up the ante with a surprise, even though the penguin hates surprises. Do you like surprises? Um, well, first of all, I love that you said the word penguin and sirens just started in the background. Like they knew <laughs> what we were about to talk about was not going to be okay. I don't know if I like surprises. I don't think I've ever been surprised. Right oh. now, I'm in the process of planning my surprise party for my hmm. 35th birthday. How does that work? See, I do have a little older sister in me after all, don't I? <laughs> I am just putting together the guest list, letting Dr. Bald know the type of vibe I'm going for, mm. letting him know like the ways in which he should surprise me. Oh, when we yeah. visited our friends in Seattle, they were talking about like all their travel plans. And I was like, well, make sure you pencil out a weekend in June for my surprise party. And I think it really speaks to how well my friends know me because they just said, oh, okay. No follow-up. <laughs> they were like, okay, got it. Huh. You and Quinn will be invited. You've made the guest list for my oh, surprise Oh, wonderful. Party. That's good mm-hmm. to know. Yeah. I like a surprise if it's fully a surprise. Mm. Like if someone says, I have a surprise for you, or if like there are gifts under the tree, then I need to know. But if I walk into a room and there's a surprise party, or if I get home from work and there's a surprise gift I knew nothing about, then I love it. So a real surprise. Yeah, I don't like knowing something is on the horizon. You don't want the anticipation. No. 
Like, oh, I booked a trip, but I can't tell you what it is. Well, guess what? Then I'm checking your email because <laughs> because I can't sit two weeks without knowing. That's fair. Thank you. So Max wants horny old Oswald to reclaim his birthright and run for mayor. Now they just need to get the current mayor overturned. And the perfect way to do it, burn Gotham to the ground. But not on Batman's watch, as he shows up to stop the madness. And while that's happening, Catwoman realized it's a perfect time for her to blow up Shrek department store you're overpaid hit the road (laughs) (laughs) when i was a manager at the gap i would have nightmares often that things happened to the store and it was my fault never blowing it up but like leaving the door unlocked and it being completely burgled Mm. happened often and i'll just keep going yes ending myself the thing i hate most in this entire world the thing i hate most in my entire existence is having a stress nightmare i know i talked about it before because then you wake up unrested like i had a dream i had to deal with all this gap stuff because i didn't lock the door and then i had to wake up and really go to the gap well you said you didn't really have nightmares except for stress Stress dreams dreams, my stress dream Uh i just this week had the famous i'm in my last semester of college but i've realized that i haven't taken the right credits Uh, so i'm not going to be able to graduate when penguin and catwoman flee in different directions batman is left with a choice and he clearly chooses the hot woman dressed in leather and not danny devito with claws (laughs) for hands so catwoman and batman tussle on the rooftop and she uses her feminine wiles instead of violence by saying how could you I'm a woman. And it works because Batman gets in his head about hitting a woman and then she strikes him with her whip and finishes. As I said, I'm a woman and I can't be taken for granted. Life's a bitch. Now so am I. And she sticks her claws into his side and then he knocks her off the building into a truck passing by filled with... (laughs) kitty litter how serendipitous (laughs) really yeah but this just happens in movies right there's no truck like that i don't think so i mean i guess (laughs) they have to get it from the supplier somehow but i can't imagine like a giant excavator just zipping down central park or whatever at first i thought it was sand and i still didn't understand the point of that but then when it was kitty litter i was like oh no this doesn't happen in real life yesterday we have been watching one christmas movie a night and like i pick one night quinn picks the next back and forth Mm -hmm. back and forth last night quinn picked ernest say Christmas and I had never, never seen, seen it. it. Oh, you're missing nothing. We won't be covering it on the pod. <laughs> One car in it, there's like a truck of snakes like that. Like not in cages, anything. Just snakes in the back of a truck. I was like, this seems inappropriate. But the movie made me so mad because I hated the earnest part. And he's clearly in the title. He's a big part. But then everything happening around him was like a good Christmas movie. So there would be scenes with like this little girl trying to save Christmas with Santa Claus. And I would become invested. And then we would go back to another scene with this guy from the wrong side of the tracks, Uh if you know what I mean. Uh And I was like, oh, God. He kept saying, you know what I mean? He wore this denim vest over a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Strong feelings. So you know what? You and Roger Ebert have more in common than you think because he would have liked this movie had it not been about Batman. And you would have liked that movie had it not been about Ernest, the man with the vest. That's absolutely true. Yeah. (laughs) What time period was this movie from? 1988. And apparently this is even crazier. Quinn taught me yesterday, my walking encyclopedia husband. He told me 
Ernest was a character in commercials for a store first. So like Progressive Flow, Jake from State Farm. Yeah, like that. Like he was the spokesperson for some department store. And then people liked him so much on those commercials. They gave him three movies. Wow. One of them is a Christmas movie. (laughs) Well, what a journey. I know. Did you know that Progressive Flow is like super, super, super rich? Oh, yeah. From all those commercials. So maybe a film trilogy is in her future. I would watch it. And I would watch Jake from State Farm in different kind of movies. Oh, my God. I look like Jake (laughs) from State Farm right now in my hoodie. Or Scott Calvin. (laughs) After some light nose biting and heavy sexual harassment, the Penguin teams up with Catwoman to take down Batman once and for all. She proposes that they turn him into what he hates the most, a villain. So Penguin decides to frame him by killing a local celebrity and making it look like Batman did it. But before the police can kill Batman, ACAP, he flees the scene and gets into the Batmobile, which has unfortunately been hijacked and rewired by the Penguin and doesn't exactly make Batman look any less guilty as it slams into buildings and police cars. Two things. Number one, all I could think about was how bad the penguin's breath must be. When he was Uh. right in Catwoman's face, I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what? Good for her for not just barfing because a man that grew up in the sewer that not only has probably never brushed his teeth, but also just like living amongst Mm. poop. But also, number two, the Batmobile. Uh My brother got the Batmobile and the Batman dollhouse, the Batcave, Uh for his birthday. Uh The full Batcave. It had the elevator. It had like multiple floors. It came up to, when we were kids, it came up to like our shoulders. It was huge. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. My brother's reaction to opening that gift is like when you see those commercials or even like now on Instagram, the reaction shots of kids that are like, yeah, like we have a... (laughs) picture of him and like the joy on his face I don't know if he's ever experienced joy like that ever again including (laughs) on his wedding day like he was elated it was so cute yeah that is sweet the closest I ever got to that was I had two two dollhouses. One was the Ninja Turtle sewer. Mm. So like the top level of it was a New York street. Okay. And then there were two levels of the sewer. So that was cool. And then for whatever reason, I had Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh. That was fun too. That's cute. Yeah. I never really had dollhouses. Oh. Weirdly, for my third Christmas, I asked for a kitchen set and a bathrobe. So my poor parents really probably thought that I would grow up to be a nice domesticated lady, but little did they know. No, that's just playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do love a robe, though. Me too. The worst gift I ever got was from my one of my dad's sisters. My aunt is what I would call her. <laughs> I was like 16 years old. She bought me a bubble blower, and on the box it said ages like two to six. So at 10 years, that's how old I was. <laughs> that's that's what I got. Huh. And you didn't ask for a bubble blower, I'm guessing. Didn't. No, she was known for getting surprises. Like, she never asked you what you wanted for Christmas. She just got what spoke to her for you. Like, one year she got me a Harry Potter poster. I was never a Harry Potter kid. Not for a second. So, don't know why that spoke to her, but I had it. didn't get hung up but I had it okay this is gonna take two seconds but I need to show you I'm not gonna say worst because Pepe gave it to me but most interesting 
present I've ever received. Okay. I'll be right back. Take it away, Donnie. I don't know what monologue I'm going to tell you today. I already told you about my blind aunt and my, oh, my deaf grandfather. Oh, but I can tell you this. So... So then I said, well, this is why my dad hates your mom. And then I got in trouble for it. I'm horrified to know what that story is about. Okay, so Donnie, I don't even know if we've ever talked about this. So Pepe was known for really good gifts or gifts that became a burden. Oh. Like, what am I supposed to do with a giant carnival-style popcorn maker in my (laughs) one-room garage apartment Uh type of thing. So when Dr. Bald and I got married, he started talking about how he wanted to get bobblehead versions of us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I tried to kind of like say, like, we really don't need bobbleheads of ourselves on our wedding day. But he was very, very insistent. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. That could be cute, like a little knickknack on my desk or on a shelf. Because bobbleheads, you know, Uh typically uh they're bobblehead size. Before you move on, I already told you I hate surprises if I know I'm getting one. And you are really just not showing this fucking bobblehead. (laughs) And I need to see it immediately. So I know the bobbleheads are coming and I see the size of the box. And I'm like, maybe it's just really well insulated. Mm -mm. So he gathers my family all around for me and Dr. Bald to open these bobbleheads. And what we saw inside, I think is one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. (laughs) If I'm ever murdered in the middle of the night, I want you all (laughs) to find these bobbleheads and burn them because they have come to life and killed me. Mm. So without further ado, patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see this. (laughs) not only are these bobbleheads about 24 inches tall but if this is what pepe thought we looked like (laughs) you look like you work in a williamsburg coffee shop and dr bald looks like he's the owner also very generous with the boob region Mm. of this bobblehead. (laughs) But they managed to put the gums in. (laughs) They sure did. They surely did. (laughs) So, anywho, I'm going to put these down now. Okay. I'm terrified. Back to the movie. Batman proves he's pretty good with technology himself when he overrides the sound system during Oswald's speech, letting the citizens of Gotham see Oswald for what he really is. A social climbing, manipulative, claw-hand, penguin-looking fuggo. And they, along with Max, on him as quickly as they fell for him. Chelsea, I got deep again with this part because I don't know if it was supposed to have a deeper meaning, but I do think people enjoy hyping celebrities and just normal people up in hopes that they can one day tear them down. Like, I am not a Vanderpump Rules person, but I really am fearful for Ariana because I think just how people, like, band together to, like, say, oh, she's our goddess, she's our goddess, I think she will blink wrong and people will enjoy ripping her apart. For no reason. She got too big for her britches. Who does she think she is now? She forgot where she came from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cancel clear. I really hope that doesn't happen for her. But yeah, yeah, no, I think what you're describing is just Twitter, where (laughs) you're going to wait for somebody to say just a slightly wrong thing. And then it's like, burn Mm -hmm. her. People loved the cookout on Big Brother when it happened two years ago. But then some of those cast members became friends with like Todrick Hall or like mean cast members from last season so now twitter hates them like they never love them at all it's so weird it's really weird 
Luckily, our cuties will never turn on us. Because they already have. (laughs) (laughs) The cuties hate us, and that's why the relationship works. Because I can say whatever I want, and they already hate me, so there's no need to tear me down. Yeah, and they know I'm going to be horrified in real time Mm -hmm. to what you say, and vice versa. (laughs) So really, we hold each other accountable, and nobody can hate us more than we hate each other. That's beautiful and true. (laughs) True Beautiful. So that (laughs) night... Bruce attends Max's Christmas Masquerade Ball, which this is not even in my notes, but that is putting it loosely. None of the leads were wearing masks. None. Which maybe that was (laughs) the irony because their masked self is their true self. Well, they say that to each other, but like... Oh, I thought I was so smart coming up with that. I was like, I really read a lot into the movie. No, they just told us as the audience, and I am now saying it as if it's my idea. It can be. It can be. You're the R.L. Stein of Batman movies. You just steal what people say. And I understand the symbolism of that, and that's why you and the writer said it. But if I was the bouncer, I would say, okay, but Miss Kyle, you need a mask. I don't know what to tell you, babe. Yeah. Anyway, unbeknownst to each other, they've been fighting on the streets as Batman and Catwoman, but dry humping in the sheets as Bruce and Selina. Mm. However, Selina is there that night to see another man, Max Shrek, and she's going to kill him. Did you see Hairspray, the movie? No. Oh. Christopher Walken and Michelle Pfeiffer are in that movie together, too. Really? Yeah. And uh, I'm so good at Michelle Pfeiffer impressions. The one part, she's trying to seduce Christopher Walken and Christopher Walken's wife, John Travolta, walks in. (laughs) And Michelle Pfeiffer says, your wife! Was that (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer or Borat? (laughs) I'm so good at Michelle Pfeiffer impressions. My wife! No, she said, your wife! That's really good. You haven't seen the movie. So you don't know what it sounds like. My apologies. Maybe I already have the March schedule made, and I have a different musical, but maybe I'll replace it with Hairspray. As long as there's only one. Maybe, yeah, probably only one. I really have to think about it. I just got a stress headache. Because they love to quote themselves, they quickly realize the other one's alter ego. But that doesn't matter when the Penguin crashes the party and tells them he's in the process of kidnapping all of the firstborns of Gotham, which leads to Max being held hostage as well. Like, how boring of a personality do you have that that weird interaction about mistletoe has come up now twice? Twice. Like, they're written by an AI bot at this point. (laughs) And full of themselves. I mean, to be fair, we do quote ourselves every week, but we don't know we're Mm. quoting ourselves. We're telling the same stories, not on purpose. I would have believed it if she would have said, did I ever tell you mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it? And then he said, well, did I ever tell you it's even deadlier if you mean it? And then they would say, oh, my God. But just saying it like enough. But that's not realistic because in our version, we would say, did I ever tell you that mistletoe is dangerous if you ingest it? I don't think so. Tell me again. (laughs) Go ahead. Tell me the full story while people listen to it for the fifth time in a row. Yeah, that is true. There would have been no moment of recognition. They would have just continued living (laughs) their lives. And then next time they were Catman and Batwoman, they would say, maybe I heard this. The third time is possibly the charm. But they would still go on to tell the whole story. Oh, for sure. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
So in the time it takes Bruce to do a quick costume change and save the firstborn children, Penguin has time to strap bombs to actual penguins and then disperse them around the city. But Batman is good with time management and has time for one last thing in his schedule. Blow up the penguin's lair and whoop his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Selina also has some extra time, it seems, when she meets up with Max and electrocutes him by kissing him with a taser in her mouth, losing her eighth life. What a way wow. to go. <laughs> so the movie ends with the penguins carrying their dead dad out to sea, Catwoman roaming the streets with one life left, and Bruce finding Miss Kitty left behind for him as a gift. And the citizens of Gotham celebrate a very Merry Christmas. Goodwill toward men and women. Feminism. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. I'm in the Christmas spirit. I've turned a corner. I used to be very much a Christmas movie purist and would only really watch Christmas movies that are intended as Christmas movies. Mm. Mm -hmm. After Gremlins and this, I love non-traditional Christmas movies. As soon as the yearly argument would break out at the bar between bros about whether or not Mm. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I always just turned my brain off and waited for it to end. But now I'm like, maybe I'll check out Die Hard. Who knows? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. See, Die Hard just seems like a movie I wouldn't like, even if it was set on my birthday. So much action. Yeah, it's less of a, is it Christmas or not, than a, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Whereas like this, it is Christmas, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So final thoughts. Who would you cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be? You already know. I think Kiki Palmer or Zendaya would be an amazing <gasps> Catwoman. Okay. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't cast like the full thing because I don't know if this movie ever needs to be remade or have a sequel. But in like a standalone Batman film, I would love to see Kiki Palmer or Zendaya. In fact... That's why I didn't see the Robert Pattinson one, because I got mad that Zoe Kravitz was cast as Catwoman, so I'll never watch it. Oh, is she on your nemesis list? In a way, like, I don't care what she does in her personal life. I don't care if she does, like, independent things. But Catwoman is just a role I love so much Mm. that if it's not someone I love, I get very angry. That's fair. Zendaya was in the running for my Catwoman. But it was a journey to get to Catwoman. I think you're going to be happy with who I landed on. I did the assignment this week and I spent time. I did research. Google was involved. So I do think that Danny DeVito could still play the Penguin, Mm, to be mm -hmm. honest. I think that like the creepy sexual harassment vibes only gets... more powerful as a man ages. But Mm -hmm. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio would commit. Like, I would love to see him commit to be an ugly penguin and just do the damn thing. I think Bradley Cooper playing the mayor, I'd love to see him in that wig. (laughs) Donald Glover as Batman. Oh. So then initially I was thinking Zendaya. I was also thinking Alexis Demi who plays Maddie from Euphoria as Catwoman. Mm, But then I was like, I want this to be an age-appropriate Batman-Catwoman mashup. So then I Googled celebrity women who were also born in 1983, like Donald Glover. Uh And I came up with Jamie Chung. (gasps) You do know I love that option. So that's my cast. Yeah, I would produce this. Okay. Ask, believe, receive. And then maybe (laughs) you could take the Catwoman suit from that movie and wear it to our live show. Mm, Certainly the technology has improved since 
this movie oh, came out, sure. we won't have yeah. to vacuum seal you in anymore. Actually, I wonder, vacuum seal is to make it tighter. So I wonder if I take the Michelle Pfeiffer costume and don't vacuum seal it, if it would just fit. Like a glove, I'm sure. <laughs> like a Glover, a Donald oh, Glover. Or the OJ glove. <laughs> if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. A little tight, yeah. <laughs> so final, final thoughts. What aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I think special effects, costumes, and set all aged wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And I forget who said it. Maybe, oh, Catwoman said it about Max Shrek at the end when she said the law doesn't apply to people like him or us. I had that too. That message, yeah, still rings true to this day. Mm-hmm. Shady politicians, uh-huh. billionaires pulling the strings behind the scenes. I do love this movie. I know that Batman is the quote unquote hero, but Batman in general is always a complicated character because at the end of the day, Bruce Wayne is still a white, straight billionaire cisgendered Uh man and so inevitably he's kind of awful and I like that he admits that too yeah he admits it and then like it's just recognized in that world which is something I like about Batman stories in general it's like they don't hide the fact that he's part of the problem Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and I think like you said the Penguin's backstory very riveting very true to form of being a social outcast honestly there isn't much that ages poorly about this movie except that it was a kids movie and I put on the first 10 minutes of this movie with my daughters (laughs) and they were horrified so if gremlins didn't do it last week oh my god Batman did it for them this week so everybody's gonna have a very merry Christmas indeed well maybe they can laugh themselves back into the Christmas spirit next week when we cover the family stone (laughs) a real holly jolly Christmas yeah talk to you later love Love you like like a sister. sister Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.